BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Get access to actionable news and market research with all the information you need to invest smarter and profit faster. Start your free trial today at pro.benzinga.com. Folks, if you do not know... Anyway, this is a show where we're educating new investors. What's up, YouTube? Welcome back to uh, First Trade. It's been a a couple of weeks. Uh, We had a little bit of a break in the show, but we are glad and excited to be back, folks. We have a pretty fun episode for you today and an interview that I think everyone's going to learn a little bit something from. So if you don't know what First Trade is or if you didn't pick it up from that intro that just played, basically we're a show that's targeted at beginners like myself, who I'm very much so a beginner. Um, first episode, made my first trade, and we're just trying to figure things out. So we're kind of going along, learning together, growing together. And of course, I have my uh, wonderful co-host, Mr. Michael Murray. Mike, what is going on? What's up? How's it going? Uh, you know what? It is going... Um, I was uh, very congested today, but I've since cleared up so I can talk normally. So that's cool. What a Pretty joy. about that. That's nice. Did you do that intro on purpose where you like didn't see the camera for a second, but then you like showed up and saw it? Or was that like just accidental? I don't know. Did I? <laughs> You'll <Sure>. never know. <laughs> um, no, but uh, hey, you know what? Uh, my crypto portfolio right now, I know this isn't strictly a crypto show, but my crypto, oh, it's crypto portfolio is absolutely ripping. I cannot be, you know... I, happier about that so that's cool um, it's a good day you know what my favorite i know everyone's favorite is, is but you know i love voyager token dude i'm up 90 percent on that since i bought it oh you're in with uh you're with luke and luke and raz on that one i went with luke's advice on that one i trust luke on some things voyager is one of them i'm all about that yeah <laughs> i'm happy awesome awesome well hey it's been like two weeks since we've done the show um anything interesting in your portfolio um yeah what was the last thing i bought i bought remember i bought those uh companies that like do the the paint for jet planes because all those yeah what's the follow-up on that Uh, i lost six percent so uh kind of shitty if i'm being honest with you didn't really work out that well but it felt like one of those that had a really cool thesis and i could see the potential behind it because there were like yeah like 350 different jets that have been sold in that week so i thought it was a cool idea i tried it it didn't work but you know I thought it was. Hey, you know I what? You win some, cool. you win some, you lose some. But the important thing is, like, okay, I get the disappointment, right? Like, that was a pretty solid thesis. I was on board with you on that one. Um, just makes sense. But 
sometimes things don't work out that way. And obviously the stocks always don't even always trade to performance. So, um, you know, what can you do? Uh, me personally, uh, I haven't actually, I haven't done anything all that interesting. Honestly, I haven't touched my Weeble in a minute, to be honest. Um, but I did hear you say though, you asked me what's the float on that stock like two days ago. I was really oh, yeah. impressed with that question. That's a that's a pretty that's a really <laughs> professional sounding question. Really, really like, setting the bar high that? for myself there. <laughs> <laughs> I was impressed. All right. I liked it. Well, you know what? We're, it's three oh seven. We got till three thirty. Let's stop bloviating. Let's get let's get to the juice of the show, folks. We have a pretty epic guest uh, for you as always. Today on the show we have Miss Izzy. If you're uh, a follower of Benzinga, you might have seen her appear on Get Technical. Um, but basically, you know, she's been trading for a while. Um, over 10 years. You know, she's not new to the game. Um, she's in actual trading. She works on the floor or I don't, I'm actually, I'm not sure if she still does, but I know she did at some point um, and comes from a finance background and she's big on technical analysis. And that's what we're talking today. Technical, technical analysis, if I can pronounce it, uh, and, and chart patterns and things of the such. So without further ado, Miss Izzy, what's going on? Hey guys, how are you? And thank you for that intro. I no longer work in power trading that as of uh, May. <laughs> okay, <laughs> there we I go. For seven years, I did. It was fun. Nice. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, good so, uh, you know, before we get too far into it or anything like that, just for, for the people who don't know you, could you uh, tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so primarily for sure, for sure, uh, a day trader and a swing trader, but uh, technical analysis, of course, is key, but I think... So this is going to be like a little bit of a some spice here because people always think that I'm just a TA trader. I'm not. I'm a sentiment and rotation trader. So I'll trade. So I, I always say that you have to know what kind of market you're trading for the price action to be there, right? Because there's there's no TA that's going to come into play if the sentiment's not there. So kind of just knowing which sectors are shifting, rotating into. Like right now, I'm watching Cat. Uh, you guys are going to be in a live trade with me because we're trading this right now. So. We can kind awesome. of share the screen and look at that. But yeah, primarily focused on TA, uh, market rotations, lots of sentiment, events, catalysts, things like that, working our way into them. Nice. So to, just to clarify, because uh, I mean, that's kind of my role on the show is just to make sure everyone is understanding what's going on. And yeah. um, so obviously when you're talking about like sentiment and rotation, so say you're trading a specific sector, right? Um, so you're saying that you have all these rules of technical analysis that, that, can apply and help you make a trade, but yeah. they don't always apply unless, say, we're already in an overall trend in a certain direction, or if everyone's kind of feeling a certain way towards the stock. Is that what you're trying to say? Um, I think it's just the timing of it. So timing the market's one of the, the toughest parts, right? And you can have the best chart set up, but if you're a day or two early or a week early, it's not going to work in your favor. So it's just knowing the key points and when to trade those specific sectors, right? So that's kind of what I try to focus on. Um, that way I, I can time the trades properly because for people that are day trading, you really need that timing, right? Especially if you're trading options or, um, sculpting or anything like that, you, you have to be, your timing has to be pretty accurate. So that's mostly what I mean by that. Just knowing where to focus during that specific time, because there could be, there could be some major events happening that week that you're unaware of. And that could actually be an inverse correlation to the stock that you're wanting to play, which can completely shut down that whatever it is that you're looking at, whether it's a tech play, a communication stock, doesn't matter, right? Um, EV infrastructure bills, things like that. There's certain things that really will dictate whether or not you're the 
the price action of the trade and how it's going to move. So for instance, this week, my big focus was banks, right? So my, uh, uh, my weekly report that I do, we, we put in banks as kind of the top sector along with some industrial and material plays. So we've been playing a lot of defensive names, a ton of, uh, uh, a ton of lower volatility names like WBA, CBS, that's kind of what we traded today. Caterpillar, those are all some really popular ones, but most of it was because we knew like the federal budget balance was this week. Uh, I knew there was a bunch of growth stocks reporting, so I kind of shifted away from those for today and tomorrow. It's just kind of knowing the timing of it, right? So kind of knowing when to execute. We traded crude early morning because we knew inventories were coming out. So we waited for inventory numbers to be posted, traded that really nice crude run um, earlier this afternoon. So that's kind of what I mean by that. Nice. Re really quick question too, before we jump into other stuff. I know this this yeah. is kind of on topic. You might have already kind of referenced this a little bit, but the infrastructure bill that just kind of got through the Senate, does that change your perspective on any of these these defensive stocks, like anything bank related? Do you have any kind of like insight into how you're going to kind of pander to that? Yeah. And I think a lot of it too is where the TA comes in as well, because a lot of these names have, if you're looking really far out, so for, for banks, for instance, and a lot of these defensive names, whether it's FCX, CLF, we've been trading a lot of material stocks this week. Uh, CLF is one of the bigger ones, AA. Um, I think for a wider scale, I, I start going as far out as a monthly and a quarterly chart. And when you're looking at the banks and material plays that far out, they still got a ways to go from those 2008 highs, right? So um, I think in terms of, of that, it, it kind of correlates really well with the timeline of when that bill is going to be passed and all the you know, all the sectors that will be impacted directly from that, not just materials and banks, right? Nice. Yeah, no, that, make, that makes total sense. It was interesting because I just, I, I saw so many different perspectives like earlier, you know, this morning and, and then last night, like if it was going to go through. So just curious for your take on it, but no, that's that's awesome. That's really good insight. Appreciate it. No problem. Rohan, do you uh, need to ask your, you need to ask your first question. We kind of yeah, like skipped right over it. I skipped over the first trade question, um, but I, okay, so you know, sue me. I'm a little bit more curious about what we were talking about prior. Uh, I'll get to that question. Um, you, you see, so you're talking about timing the market, right? What, yeah. I'm curious what advice you have to beginners or people who are getting into this um, to how to stay on top of that, where where to look uh, and where to make sure that you're actually, you know, timing this right and hitting the right sectors and, and things in the right time. Yeah, I think a lot of that has to do with, with uh just kind of making a calendar for yourself, like really keeping track of earnings, right? Knowing which sectors are reporting first and last, uh, knowing the weekly common events that happen, like every single week, whether it's jobless claims or inventory numbers and, and that sort of stuff, but also knowing any other of the major events that are happening that are maybe um, a monthly report, a quarterly report, those things will really impact um, whatever it is that you're trading, but also knowing what's what's the inverse to what you're trading so for instance if you're trading um sorry i'm like really distracted with cat just going nuts right now but um if you're if you're trading for instance something like bitcoin right so kind of keep keep an eye on the physical miners like gold and silver if you're looking at banks like really really keep track of the you know the 20 year and the the dollar like all those sorts of things really matter for crude, for instance, like when I when growth was getting a really, really big pull back in February, March, I was super long crude. It's kind of just like 
pinpointing things together so that you know whether it's not whether or not you want to short that sector like you could also go short the opposing sector but just knowing which what's shifting into what so right we've been long power names for the last three weeks and obviously i have a really strong background in power and gas but you know like just knowing the the actual timing of it so usually power and gas prices surge in the summer months right august is usually a big month for power so just knowing to shift back into power names maybe shift a little bit away from uh, some of the other sectors that could be a little bit correlated to to power and gas and we'll know back in so if we get a nice run here on power over the month of august which we have been if you've been watching like nee names like that over the last um few weeks uh we know that like once once winter arrives that's going to be another um another season right so same thing with with the gas prices back in like for for crude prices back in February, March, like that, that, that's the the deep of winter, like usually, usually the timing of that. And I think for me, it's because I have a really strong commodity background that I kind of know that commodities really play a huge factor in the seasonality of trading, because almost every sector, if you think about it, is actually core, you know, it's all kind of based around commodities and materials, right? So just having an understanding of that, but really, really track the earnings. So a lot of people always think that if they're playing an earnings on a play, that they have to play it the week of or the day before, that's not true. So usually for doing an earnings run up, we're playing it probably like two, three weeks ahead of time, right? So then that way you actually can catch that nice run and then you're avoiding that sell off um, either into earnings or um, post earnings and you kind of know which sectors to focus on. So right now, for instance, timing, um, tech was uh, approaching last month. So we knew to kind of go long tech earlier in July versus end of July. And you saw how tech was selling off afterwards, right? And then kind of shifting into, um, we have growth is actually the last sector to report right now. So I'm thinking that some of them right now will sell off and then maybe get a later surge, which again, it's that seasonality, like cannabis names, they usually run later in the summer months. And we kind of knew to focus back on lower volatility names, like the consumer staples, they're the first to go. So when the markets were crashing, I think, I think it was end of June, maybe end of June or early July, mm -hmm. when things started to kind of come down again on growth and tech. Yep. That's when co consumers were running, right? So consumer staples were super green for a week or two. And that's what we were playing because we knew that they had earnings coming up first before all these tech names report. So it's kind of just like shifting and shifting and shifting and just getting really familiar. I obviously trade a lot of the same names over and over and over again. I'm very selective with what I'm trading. So I have my go-to for every single sector. That's awesome. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, no, and um, some funny comments in the chat. I'll come back to them in a second. But I guess um, in general, what I'm getting from this is like, say a beginner, right, is probably not going to be always hitting the same amount of sectors or stocks that you might be looking at, even though, you know, you're mentioning you have a set set of names that you're typically looking at. And, and I know um, quite a few number of people who come on the show that they, they always talk about having the stocks that you look at and focusing on those, especially when it comes to day trading. But um, whatever it might be, it seems like there's obviously a lot of historical data and, and points like earnings and things like that that you can kind of gather information to figure out what, where to be, when to be looking at a certain sector. So yeah, um, appreciate that. Um, so to that comment, uh, some Zeke, um, sorry, I don't totally know how to say your name, so I apologize. Uh, cat like in caterpillar or cat like in uh, <laughs> cat. Uh, 
So I think like, it, I think like it's caterpillar. I have to share my screen here if you guys want to start looking at it. Yeah, so, yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Um, it might be a good idea. That, it was a live trade that we were doing. Okay, let's hopefully it lets me. So Kat, for instance, right before we jumped on, I just told my group, make sure you guys are watching because Kat's about to break right here. So, and I'll kind of start this off from scratch if you guys want, just so that it's a little bit easier for people in here. But I'll always have like a one minute chart up. But really when I'm extending far out, I'll, I'll usually go, um, I'll usually start with that daily, right? So one of my strategies that I like to use is like that regain of that five day. I like using a five, not an eight or a nine because I feel like it's an earlier trigger. And sometimes I'll use that on a four hour chart so I can be a little bit earlier than everyone else. So for instance, right now, AMD just did a reversal on a four hour um, and I just waited for it to regain because AMD has been crashing for the last few days since that run up. As soon as it regained that four hour, it, you just saw that reversal it just had over the last two hours here, right? So it's kind of like an earlier trigger for me. So something like CAT, um, I figured is a good defensive play this week with the banks. And so we're waiting for that. We're waiting for that regain here. That's where we got that. But on a day like today, for instance, I'll just clear the chart here just so that it's nice and fresh and everyone can kind of follow along. One of my strategies I use is an open higher. So a gap open higher. So you see how this kind of opened below that above that close. And I'll usually look to see Something that I like is usually when there isn't too much of a range between that high and the close, that's usually a sign it's going to gap open the next day. So write that down because it, it, it means that it doesn't really need much momentum for it to continue gapping, right? So um, that had a pretty good range between the close and the high. So I'll usually go in and I'll see if the, the, the stock opens above the close, if it back tests that previous day's high and bounces off. And then I'll usually use so you always have to look left. So I always try to use a midpoint. So if it, if it breaches that high, you know, that's what I'm seeing with my eyes, right? Like that's the next midpoint. I don't want it breaking that. There always has to be a first midpoint, right? So that's my midpoint there. Just by glancing at the chart, you can see that this would have been the break, right? So this kind of candle in here, you're obviously working your way up in here. For new traders though, I really recommend going really far out because I feel like sometimes when a newer trader is looking here, they don't really know how to gauge this, right? Because there's so many candles in between here. Um, like it's it's pretty clear that there's some resistance in these wicks right here. But usually if you extend out far to a weekly or a monthly, it makes it a lot easier for you. So now when we're looking at this weekly here, the reason why I liked cat in the first place for this week, there was a mini bull flag on that weekly, this right here. And it regained that weekly five day, if you guys can see that. Nice. So, so that, when you're saying a so when you're saying a bull flag, like so, I kind of want to bring this up as well because we're talking about chart patterns and and what they actually represent. Um, bull flag is a common one you hear. Um, would love for you to just like as you explain that, kind of talk through what it means and, and why you look for those. Yeah, I, I find that it's it's usually a continuation pattern um, and a break of a trend. So we can actually use some. This is more of just a, a really mini bull flag on the weekly, but we'll use a real time one from today on Caterpillar from a one minute to a five minute to a half hour to a 15, just kind of how to merge it all into one bigger picture um, and how to how to kind of see that bigger picture happening. So how I saw Kat getting that bigger break before this break happened, right? So this is kind of the early trigger on, on seeing the play. So this would be the kind of mini flag here and then that regain. But if you skip over to that weekly, you can kind of see how if you just use maybe the midpoints in here, you kind of don't really need too many levels of resistance in there, right? Like now you're kind of working your way into this candle. 
And I'll usually tell new traders to skip all the way over to a monthly because normally when something regains on a, on a daily and then a weekly, it's likely testing that monthly, especially if it's been in a downtrend for so long, right? Like something like cat, this is why I'm really bullish right now too on defensive names, because a lot of them are regaining their monthly five day or at least testing it. So, and we'll know markets usually crash mid to end of August, right? So if we, or get a bit of a correction, not crash, sorry, but closer towards that end of August. And that's usually when earnings are kind of drying up, which is exactly what happened in June. Earnings dried up when earnings dry up like that. That's usually when we start seeing some corrections. And if we get a regain on a lot of these defensive names on a monthly basis, that's kind of how you'll know that um, markets can kind of start, you know, the defensive stocks are really what kind of hold up the market during the downside corrections. And, and, and the timing of this right now is, is great because August and September are usually not the best of months for, for the overall broader market, especially since earnings are, are done by then, right? So the last ones to report, I think, are the first week of September. So by then we'll really dry up and there's not too many catalysts to work our way into. So that's kind of what I'm looking here right now. So my my mind is like, okay, well, this thing could be testing that monthly five day, which is 223. And we're kind of approaching that. But for a newer trader, if you really wanted to, you could have just went in and used just the monthly sticks. You don't really have to look into too much here. It could just make it a little bit easier for the eyes and that way, or even just using those averages too. I, I find the averages are an easier trick for newer traders because sometimes they can't visually see the actual wicks and sticks that I'm looking at. So sometimes using those regains or the targets as just um, a means like a, a kind of a, a, a guesstimate of the level that it's going to go to. But just by glancing at this, I know it's trying to, it's trying to break into this wick here kind of right in there. And that weekly spot was pretty clear that there's a law of resistance right up in here. Right even though it's kind of already worked its way into that candle. So now that I've got most of my spots in there, we'll skip over to that one minute just to kind of go back in time from this morning here. So this was a, this was a very early morning. This was that back test of that previous day's close and that high right up in here. This was our midpoint. This, so the 214.07 is our close. We don't want it going near there for continuation. You don't, you don't want that. You want it to hold that midpoint, right? So if our midpoint, our uh, lower high, I guess you could call it, you can see we stalled just above that. So 214.51 over that 214.57. When I glance at something like this, so I'm seeing, whenever you see candles that are kind of making a wall like that together, that's likely forming something on a wider scale, especially considering it's cracking that 216.02 resistance. So this is, and you can see that 216 became really strong right here, right? Yeah, yep. And, and, and really quickly too, as you're looking at this, so, so obviously we're looking at testing lows and stuff like that, but we also in the chat too, just really quickly to clarify, what's a what's a regain? Just really simple definition of that. Uh, when something kind of uh, regains over that level. So the five day when it's trading right back over it. Perfect. Yeah. yeah, and that's why I say you can use the four hour as an earlier indicator because if it closes over the four hour, it's likely going to regain on the daily if you don't want to wait a full day for it to regain and then you're looking for that weekly and then the monthly test right so this is kind of on a bigger move play and this has a lot to do with the infrastructure plays kind of moving up today so that's a i feel like that's a good little tip there though 
Um, you know, a lot of people, obviously, between the 60s and the dailies, but there's a big gap there. So, um, yeah, and I made this up, right? So it's not like something you'll find in a textbook. This is just stuff that I back tested and made up. So, awesome. um, yeah, it, I feel like it, it's really helpful. And if you start seeing things kind of shift off the lows here, so sometimes I like using a two minute chart because um, it kind of gives you the bigger sense of things. So, on the one minute, I feel like sometimes people get scared when things are back testing. So, maybe right here when it was back testing that 215.88. As long as the candles are closing above them, which they are, they're closing over that 216.02. You can see that, right? All these candles on that two minute kind of closed over that. And you can see it actually did shoot through that 219.05 and 31 resistance. Those were all those monthly and weekly levels that we had put on the chart. But to kind of paint this for you guys, this that I'm seeing here, this is kind of a morning star pattern. When I'm seeing these two candles and that little one in between there, that's a bit of a hammer. I know that that's forming something on a wider scale. And you can kind of see that there. So you see how this is kind of engulfing over that, but then you got th this right here looks like it's forming a pole, right? And that's over a five, five, 10, 15. So I know over a 15 or a 30, that's likely making a bigger picture, right? So if, and I, I just kind of train traders to kind of start seeing things before they actually happen. So now when I'm looking at this on a 15, you see that bigger pull, right? Gotcha. And the pre-market highs, but there's also a tweezer here. So this is one of my favorite patterns, candlestick patterns. This right here, usually when you get that little peak higher, and this on cat today was so symmetrical, it's like textbook, right? So it was a really, really perfect looking pattern. So this is a great one to, to use for today's example. Um, so can and you, Can you talk through that tweezer a little bit? And, and Yeah, so against... like this one, right in here so these two these two candles right here so usually you'll have to have the um the open and the close really leveled sometimes the tweezer can be a little bit lower um but that little wick if you guys can see that there just that little tiny stick high on the green yeah. candle that's kind of showing some good price action there that um bulls are trying to kind of they're trying to take control there because they're trying to push that price higher and the low stayed really um level so it's not like it was being pushed down lower right and for me the key here is it's not just where it's not about the pattern itself it's where that pattern was formed so this tweezer was formed over that 215.87 spot you guys can see that that's where it was formed and it was formed right below that 217.63 so I'm, I'm kind of combining it with my key levels that i'm using for my price action trading nice and then just by glancing at that at that 15 it's kind of the same thing there with the the 30 because i saw that pre-market price action i know that's likely a bigger picture you guys can see that that's the bull flag it formed on the half hour which likely formed on an hourly which means on a wider time frame caterpillar is probably going to run over a period of an hour or two right because i'm not playing a half hour time frame anymore or 15. i'm painting the bigger picture in my mind where it's starting to form on a 15. If it's starting to form a pole on a 15 and a 30, it means it's forming a bigger picture on an hourly and a two hour. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, so yeah. you're almost breaking it down to like a more granular state, but then looking at that from like a macro perspective too. So if you see these smaller changes forming patterns, you're looking for this on like a larger scale. Exactly. And then now when you look back at the hour, you can really see that, that nice flag that even started from yesterday, right? So that was kind of that bigger flag there, which really tells me that over a period of, um, probably a couple hours here. This thing has just been really trying to break to the upside. Like that's even the two hour flag. So 
I knew by looking at this that we're now playing with a half hour range here. And at this point, I'm, I'm thinking it wants to try testing that monthly five day, which is that 220, 223 point roughly, right? Yeah. Nice. And, and and so, I mean, obviously you can look to things like resistance and uh, other points as potential pullbacks, but what are your signs or what are your patterns to be like, oh, maybe I should be looking to get out of this? Sorry, do you mind repeating that? Sure, no worries. Um, yeah, so I'm just curious because you're talking a lot about, you know, the upside. Uh, so I'm wondering, you know, as you're watching this, as you're seeing it generally trend upwards, um, what are the patterns or signs you, you would be looking for to maybe get out of this? Um, usually a break below the flag. So like we could look at maybe even bearish patterns um, and some reversal patterns, like one today for, for AMD. Um, something else really is not really too much of the pattern itself, but the price action itself. So for something like like CAT, I want it when it when it's approaching resistance here, I want it lifting off these higher lows. So you can kind of see that. That's the first, that's the second. It made us a third, a fourth, a fifth, right? So but the key here was when it was shifting off those higher lows, it also was starting to make some higher highs and it took out these levels in a single stick with volume. So I always look for the single stick breaks, right? I, I, I like things breaking with volume in one single minute stick. That's kind of the, so the higher lows and lower highs are for sure one of the biggest things, but breaking below my, my previous patterns are what I call bearish, right? So if you're looking at something coming back below where that flag was made, so something like AMD on that four hour that we looked at earlier. So we were looking at this back in here. I was looking to see if it would regain on that four hour. But again, something like AMD, this is a tweezer top on that four hour. That's bearish, right? So it's kind of the reverse of what we just looked at for that bottom. So the, this was a really bearish pattern on AMD on the fourth, right, at, right when it started to form that. And the reason how I knew it was likely going to maybe start forming a top there is just based on that close and that open and the range that it went in between because it stayed within that same range, right? For when it closed and I'm always watching the clock and then the follow through. So the follow through is really important. So when I'm seeing the follow through here and I'm seeing these walls, so I see a big wall right here between that green and the red, that indicates to me on a wider scale, it's likely making a, a bit of a star pattern. So there was a bit of a shooting star down there on that daily, but if something starts breaking down into the the pattern that I was initially seeing, so let's say for instance that four hour, this was the first flag that was made, the second, the third, it kind of just kept flagging on the way up. As soon as it starts to breach these key spots in here, and I sorry, I already have all my levels on here, but I kind of wanted it to hold really tight on this regain here on AMD. I really wanted it to hold above this flag. I didn't want it kind of coming below this kind of spot right up in here. I wanted that range to kind of stay really tight in there. And if you see how it kind of made a bit of a channel there before it regained, and it's kind of, it's not the cleanest, but that is a bit of an inverted hammer on that four hour where it did look to regain. So then we're looking to trade it bullish for the next four hour time frame. Gotcha. And, I understood uh, some of those words, not all of them. But yeah, so it's kind of like <laughs> if if this thing were to break where my flag was initially created, that that to me is bearish. So if this were to break kind of and close below that that spot right in here, I would think that AMD was likely going to continue down to that downside closer to 103 and 101. Um, and similar with even like looking at CAT. So for instance, if CAT this morning wasn't, let's say it was making that half hour flag, 
or that 15 minute flag. We'll go back to a 15. I like the open higher for confirmation. So that's kind of how I like confirming it, right? And just watching the clock. So seeing when that, so looking back at 1030, I, I'd want to see when it was, what kind of price action it was doing at that time. So whether it was doing it right before that half hour close. And if you pay attention, you'll start noticing that things usually start doing that right before that, that half hour closes. And you can see that really strong price action there right in, right in between here. So this is kind of like that 1030 timeframe when it was back testing that 215. Um, and I'm looking and I'm waiting for that confirmation, which is that open higher. And there's my gap open higher. And then my break of that wick. And you can kind of see here too that it took out, besides taking out my actual levels, it started to really test in between this candle right here, right? But now I know on this next time frame, I want it closing above that spot. Because even though it broke it, it didn't really close above it. It closed below it by three, cent, three cents. Gotcha. Right? So I, I want to see that same continuation coming through. And as as you saw it kind of pull back in these two 15-minute time frames, that doesn't necessarily mean the half hour is broken as long as it's holding where my first initial pattern was made. And that's that's where my tweezer was. I don't want it, I don't want any of these 15-minute candles holding below that tweezer. It's broken at that point. Gotcha. Got it. Okay. <laughs> awesome. Appreciated that. Um so uh, unfortunately, we are running a little bit over on our time today. Uh, I believe uh, Spencer will be upset with us if we run too much longer because he started his show. But I did really enjoy having you on, Ms. Izzy, uh, and appreciated your knowledge. Definitely some good tips, and especially that that four hour um, that four hour one. That one's one that I haven't heard before for sure. So, folks, uh, if you um, appreciated what Ms. Izzy had to say. If you want to, you know, follow along, maybe see what happens with her trade in Cat, uh, then make sure to go check her out. Uh, where can they, where can they find you online? This is this is your moment to plug whatever you need. To <laughs> yeah, so definitely on Twitter. That's definitely my hub. Um, I've got my my Discord here. This is like my 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 team. We're trading all day in here. So like we we're watching. This is our IBM play from earlier. We traded that tweezer right here into this beautiful flag, right? So these are all like things that we're doing all intraday um my you can definitely go to my website i have like a weekly report that i do but a lot of wba that was our bull flag from earlier we caught that really nice move on on walgreens so lots and lots of um patterns and reviews that we're doing in there but mostly mostly twitter my discord my website lots and awesome lots of, uh, okay well we'll, yeah. well we'll make sure to have those links in the description down below so folks make sure to check out her discord and her twitter uh, and Izzy, thank you so much for coming on our show. Thank you for uh, having you guys me. Want more. Um, but without further ado, that that just about does it for today's episode of First Trade. Thanks, thank everyone. You. Thank you, guys. <laughs> First trade, folks, if you do not know. Anyway, this is a show where we're educating new investors. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. 
To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.